Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Chapter 6. Well, no, you don't have to turn it. Uh, Roman, just turn to Romans chapter 8. Just turn to Romans chapter 8. But we're going to read Hebrews chapter 6, kind of what we've been doing throughout this series a little bit. And I uh, just want everybody to read with me, but you've read it uh, a couple times already. And so um, it's Hebrews chapter 6, verse 17. So I'm going to have you read it with me. Ready, set, go. So when God desired to show more convincingly, To the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope that is set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. All right, so we are in week seven of our study on the blood covenant that we have with God through our Savior, Jesus Christ. And our goal has been to help you, right, and also help me to gain full confidence in the absolute faithfulness of God. Right? That's something that all of us need to continue to grow in each and every day. See, sometimes we think, well, man, I got it all covered. Well, no, you don't have it all covered. Each and every day, we need to keep growing and growing and growing in understanding this absolute faithfulness of God. Like, God does not back down from anything He said, He doesn't change His mind on a whim. He just doesn't say, oh, well, you know, I'm not feeling it today. So, you know, I think I'll just go ahead and let this happen. No, God is unchangeable. And so everything he has said, he backs up. Everything. And so we have to get to that point where, man, we just realize that God is so faithful. Even if my circumstances don't seem like he's faithful, he is faithful. You have to be totally convinced of that. And then just taking, looking at it and saying, okay, besides being faithful, it, God is, in, is integrous with his word. He said that he would put his word above his name. That he watches out and makes sure that his word goes and does exactly what it was sent to do. Every single time. It's not, again, it's not him thinking, well, not today. You know, I, you know, we talked about earlier in this message or in this series about how there's a covenant between the sun and, and the, the, uh, the moon, right? Night and day. And how that never breaks. He doesn't say, ah, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just let it be day all the time. No, because he made these agreements in his word and he sticks by those things. So we have to get to the point where, you know what? We actually begin to believe that God's word is true that God is always faithful. And one of the reasons why is we've been talking about is because he swore it with an oath. He took an oath and he swore that, you know what? I will never back it down from my word. And And we've studied that a blood covenant is something you can't go back on. There's nothing that you can go back on. 
which then means that all of the covenant promises that God has promised to us are ours because now we are in Christ. If we made Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life, then we are in Christ and we now have the ability to take a hold of all of these covenant promises that God has made to us in his word. So we've been studying this in order to build our faith. Right? To, to have God to be the anchor of our soul, especially in these last days. Because there's going to come a time when, you know what? There's going to be strange things that will arise. That sometimes Christians will say, no, well, this doctrine is this. But it has nothing to do with the word of God. They'll, they'll kind of waver from their way. And so we have to be secure in what we know to be true. And that is that God is a God who keeps his word. Every single time. And so last week, we learned the importance of understanding three spiritual elements, and we're just going to kind of walk through these really quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them, but it was in Galatians 3 that Paul told us that we were redeemed from the curse of the law, right? So Christ redeemed us from this supernatural, negative, the negative circumstances from the blood covenant, because God set up, if you break my law which is sin, then you know what? There are supernatural curses that come upon your life. We looked at that in, in Deuteronomy 28. And see, we have to realize, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verse, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have. And so we have to understand that when Jesus came, he redeemed us from the curses that could be put on our life because of our disobedience. Because all of us tend to walk in sin at times. All of us tend to have, like, sometimes we'll just call, well, those are my, my, my um, you know, just my faults. I'm not very good at that. I, I, I kind of have these little things, and they just kind of pop up. But see, if that leads us into sin, then you know what? You're, you sinned. There's, there's just no getting around it. You, you've sinned. But then we see in Deuteronomy 28, when it's all laid out, we see that, you know what, that the consequences of sin is poverty, sickness, and death in every area of our life. But he redeemed us so that the blessings of Abraham, right? We said the blessings of Abraham could come upon us. And we said that the, the blessings uh, is God's eternal salvation package. That he gave to Abraham long. He was kind of foretelling Abraham what's going to happen here in Genesis chapter 12. But see, all of that was secured by the finished work of Jesus. Praise God for that. I'm so thankful that Jesus would come, even if I was the only one that got saved. I don't want that to be. But I'm so thankful because he's like, you know what? I'm going to save every single person that comes to me, that confesses that I am Lord, that I am Savior, that I am the Son of God. I'm going to save every single one. And then as soon as we accept him, then, man, we flow right into the blessings of Abraham, the blessings that God, God promised to Abraham. But see, every single per person has the ability to walk in these promises. So we went from the curse. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. Then he's for the, so that the blessings of Abraham might be upon the Gentiles. That's us, right? So that the promised spirit would come. The Holy Spirit. Which was foretold by Jesus in John chapter 16. He said, told the disciples, guys, I'm leaving. But it's so much better that I would leave. 
so that the Holy Spirit will come. I'm going to send you a helper that is far better than you hanging out with me. That's mind-blowing if you think about it. Because who wouldn't want to be alive and be a disciple walking with Jesus every single day? That would be awesome. Seeing all the signs and miracles and wonders, seeing all these things happen, and, you know, even though they still weren't kind of completely 100% getting it yet, but he said, hey, I got to go away because the Holy Spirit has to come in order to empower you, to equip you, to understand these things that I'm telling you about. And so we have to understand that that's this part of this, this process of this, this, this Abrahamic covenant that, that God gave is that we would have the promised spirit in our life. And we see in Acts chapter 2 in the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit does come. And then we find that we've said a little bit last week that the primary role of the Holy Spirit is to convince every believer of God's general promises found in his word. That God's word, God's general promises are true. See, his job is to convince you of that. His job is to, to make sure that, you know, hey, you, you're understanding that it becomes so concrete within your soul, within your spirit, that, man, you're like, man, I can't, I can't waver off of this at all, right? I can't argue with you about your name, can I? That's your name. That's on my birth certificate. That's what I know it to be true. But I can sit there and try to argue with you about it. Oh, no, that's not your name. That's not it at all. But see, that's where we got to get to the point where we're so concrete in our belief when it comes to God's promises, his general promises, that nobody, not even the enemy, can come in and try to take those promises away from you. But see, we, we get to the point where we're, we, we so just like, I don't want to say that word, but I was going to say flippantly, but we don't, it's not flippantly. But we just become sometimes so lackadaisical that we allow the enemy just to, to beat us up. And say, hey, no, 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 that's no, that's not you. No, that's not yours. You know that, right? You know what you did yesterday? You know what happened? You know what this? See, the enemy likes to come in. He just likes to mess with you all the time. That's his, that's his like number one goal. But see, we got to get to the point where we look at God's promises and we say, man, you know what? They are for me. And you know what, Pastor Scott, you can't talk me out of them. Devil, you can't talk me out of them. They are actually mine and I own them. They're, they're part of who I am because of I am in what? Christ. Because I'm in Christ, then I can have the promises of God. Praise God for that, right? But see, when we are convinced, then that allows the Holy Spirit to come in and begin to give us the, the, the steps to the specifics of how to receive those promises, See, the Holy Spirit not only wants to convince you of the promises, but then he also is going trying to give you the steps. And see, that's where sometimes we, we get kind of caught up and, and not really sure how, how, how are we walking that out? How, how does this e even happen? And so I just want to encourage you, if you've missed the previous messages, go to the podcast, listen to them, and, and, and just allow God to, to open up to you an understanding of what, what we're trying to get across to you. But see, God's covenant is true. And so, today we want to see how the Holy Spirit leads. How the Holy Spirit leads. By looking closer at what being led entails and recognizing the pathway the Holy Spirit leads us on to receive God's covenant promises. Okay? So, the title of our message today is Following the Holy Spirit's Lead. 
Then let me pray real quick. Holy Spirit, teach us how to follow you. Amen. All right. So let me ask you this. Have you ever heard from your mouth, I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. I don't know if it's, it's my, my flesh talking to me or if it's, it really is the Holy Spirit. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm, I'm so confused. Have you ever heard that come from your mouth or at least from your thoughts? Okay, because you're not alone. Everyone has to some degree. But I, I want to I share a scripture with you and, and kind of maybe the, we'll put this out there and allow the Holy Spirit to maybe speak to you a little bit about it because there could be a reason behind it. Okay, so at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. Now this is in the Passion Translation. It says, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system by the spirit, oh, but the spirit of God, sorry. So that we might come to understand and experience all that grace, right? Those are the things freely given to us, right? The promises of God. All that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit. And not with the words taught by human wisdom. So sometimes, and, and I'm, I'm going to unpack something else here in just a minute. But sometimes we, we just rely on hu human wisdom. That becomes our go-to. Human wisdom. And so we, we judge, and we'll get to it in a minute. We judge everything by human wisdom instead of what the Spirit of God is saying. Or what the Word of God is saying. Because that's how originally... We, we just kind of operate in our life. It's, it's about this human wisdom, right? So it says, we, so we join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. So all the spirit-revealed words are the word of God. So the word of God helps you to be able to understand the spirit-revealed truths. That's why it's so important to be in the word of God. Right? So if you want to be able to hear, you've got to begin to have the, the Spirit, right, revealed words operating in your life or functioning in your life. Verse 14. This is, this is key right here. Someone living on an entirely human level. Okay? Now that could be religious people. That could be, you know, um, carnal Christians. It says this. When you live on an entirely human level... Right? You reject the revelations of God's Spirit. So if your mind is geared in, locked in, man, when you hear the revelation of God's Word, or all of a sudden you're reading God's Word, and you're like, man, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, maybe we're trying to, 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 to kind of um, thread it through our human natural understanding. Instead of being open to the point of saying, Holy Spirit, would you help me? understand what that has to say? Oh, man, I'm going to be quiet for a minute. I'm going to, I'm going to let you talk, right? And you, and you might hear something. Oftentimes I hear people say, well, I didn't hear anything. Okay, well then don't give up, right? Because that's what meditating on God's word's about. So what you do is you take God's word and you just start meditating on it and you just keep going over it and over it and over it. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will speak to you about the truth of God's word. Where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I totally get it. I totally understand it now. But see, what happens is we, 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 we are wired with this fast food mentality that, man, we should just get it right. Oh, well, it doesn't make sense. See you later. Bye. 
and we give up on it. But see, God in his word said, no, you got to meditate on my word. You got to meditate so that it becomes so real inside of you that it's concrete and nothing can change. All right, I'm kind of getting going here. It says this, he can't understand. So this is a person with a human natural mind that's just seeing everything through that. It says he can't understand the revelations of the spirit because they are only discovered or discerned, right? Or where you can tell the difference by the illumination of the Spirit, meaning you are spending time with the Holy Spirit. You are spending time with God's Word. So in other words, a man and a woman who is being governed by his own natural human flesh, right, and human opinion, can't distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit, even though the Holy Spirit's speaking, because our mind is so fixed on the human nature. On the way I process. No, this is, this is it. Because you know what? You, you can't, you won't understand what he's saying until you, you totally surrender to him and spend time with him to where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I think I, I get it. I, I get what he's saying now. See, really, you've got to develop this spiritual ear, right? Or a spiritual muscle or whatever you want to call it. See, you can't, like, you could say to yourself, all right, I'm going to get ripped, I'm going to get toned, right? But all you do is one day a week take a five-pound weight. Good, right? You can't do that. You're not going to get toned. You're not going to get ripped. It's just not going to happen. But see, what happens is a lot of times we use Sunday morning as our five-pound weight. And we're all, oh, man, we want to grow. We want to, we want to know more about Jesus. But all we do is come on a Sunday morning and, and take the, the, the 35 or, or 45 minute message or whatever it is or, or the hour and a half service. And we, and we think, oh, oh yeah, I did my thing. And then I put it down. I leave it sit. And then I expect to come next Sunday and I'm going to pick it back up again. See, that doesn't work. What you got to do is every single day you got to do it. But then you don't just stay on the five pounds. You increase, don't you? So it goes from 5 to 10 to 15 to 20, you know, and up. To where all of a sudden, you know, you're just like ripped like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whoever. And, and you're just, you're, you're bulking. But see, the, the thing is, is that we, so often we just get to the point where we think, oh man, as long as I do my Sunday, I'm good. But see, if we don't bulk up, if we don't begin to grow this spiritual muscle inside that begins to hear the Holy Spirit, then you know, we will not be able to, to block out what the enemy has to say. We won't. And he's relentless. He'll keep pounding you. He'll keep telling you. But see, it's going to take the Holy Spirit and God's word to begin to rise up inside of you to be able to say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not believing that at all. No, 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 no. That's not what my Bible says. Because like, one of the things he likes to say is, you know what, God's way far away from you, right? He, he doesn't love you as much as you think he loves you. you. I mean, you've got all these issues. But see, if we were to take God's word and even the promise of God's word about his love for us, I mean, just take John 3, 16, right? God so loved the world. Well, I'm in the world that he gave his only begotten son. So if he would give his only begotten son for me, then man, I must be precious. I must be something in his eyes where he just looks and goes, man, Scott, 
you know, not that I'm anything special, but it's because of that grace and that love that's been poured into my life. Same with you. If you've given your heart to Jesus, then man, he's pouring grace. He's pouring love. He's pouring mercy. He's pouring kindness. He's pouring all of this out to you. But see, sometimes we feel like we're discounted. Ah, we don't really deserve that. Oh, yes. Not because of who you are, but because of who you are in Christ. Because of what Jesus, right, did for you. So we have to get to the point where we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit to understand what he is saying and what he is wanting to do. We've got to get to that point. But if we stay naturally minded, we're never going to get it. We won't get it. We'll never get to that place where the Holy Spirit is leading us, where he wants us to go. And what happens is when we, 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 we stay naturally minded, we become skeptical of God's word. Yeah, nah, that doesn't really work. That's not really true. Uh, you know, God, God sometimes, well, he, yeah, he keeps his promises for those guys, but not for me. See, when we stay naturally minded, then we become skeptical about God. And then all of a sudden, things start coming out of our mouth that, man, we're, we're, we just don't think God's word comes true. God's promises don't come true. We can't even understand his leading. But see, we have to grow spiritually. Romans 8, 8, 14 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Which leads us to our first point. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at these two words. Led and sons. Okay? But Paul here in in Romans, um, he's encouraging the church to live according, not, not according to their natural minds. He's trying to get them to understand, don't, don't live to your natural mind. Don't live to your natural appetites, right? Because we all have appetites. There's different kinds of things. No, I'm not talking food. Just other things, right? But see, Paul's trying to encourage them, hey, you know what? You got to be led daily by the Holy Spirit's promptings. You got to live by those promptings. But see, we can't do that if we're not pursuing him. We can't do that if we're not pursuing God. We're not pursuing Jesus. We're not pursuing the Holy Spirit. We're not pursuing the word of God. We can't really live that way. But see, that's how he wants us to live. So this word led comes from the Greek word ago, which depicts a domesticated animal. Okay, we all have animals, right? Okay, well, some of us do, some of us don't. I have a dog. He's on a do not resuscitate order, by the way. Um, we, we have this love-hate relationship going on. And my wife and kids, they all love him. But there's times where I just, I don't really love my dog all that much. So I told her, I am not paying big bucks to end up, you know, and if I offend anybody, I'm so sorry. Because um, th- that probably shouldn't have come out of my mouth. See, yeah, I'm with you. All right, we're both going to be in trouble. Anyways, okay? So, but it depicts a domesticated animal being led by a rope loosely tied around its neck by its owner, okay? So why is the, 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 the rope loosely around there? So that you can gently tug the animal, right? I don't, I don't know what it is about dogs and their ability to try to sniff in the ground when you want to move them. Because then they become like this, all of a sudden, like they've got super strength. And so you're like trying, see, this is the relationship I have with my dog. And you're trying to move 
the dog, right? But see, the whole premise is, is that, you know what? But, but what a great picture, though, now that I'm thinking about it. Because aren't we that way? Because the Holy Spirit will say, hey, don't do that. Don't go that direction. Don't, don't be, well, I, I'm using the dog. Don't be sniffing over there. Right? Come on. But see, we get so stubborn, so locked in. No, no, I want to, uh, no, I want to feed. I want to go after my appetite. I want to go after whatever that is. But the Holy Spirit knows better. See, we got to get to that point where you got to go, man, the Holy Spirit knows better. And so if he's trying to tug or, or lead us away from something, follow him. Right? It's a lot like follow the leader. You ever remember that game? Long, I mean, some of us are older like me, right? We might remember that day. But, you know, follow the leader. What did you do? You followed the leader. So he has to become this leader. So Paul's telling us that we should be willing to let the Holy Spirit lead us in every area of our life. Every area. And guess what? That's being a Christian. That's being a Christian when we do that. It's simply just obeying whatever he tells us to do, wherever he tells us to go. And I get it. It's not always easy. It's not a very simple thing sometimes. But see, here's the deal. I, I want you to understand this. Don't lose hope because you can do it. God, God would never ask you to do something that you can't do. So don't lose hope and go, man, well, see, it's just a hopeless case. Man, I'm caught. No, you can do it. But see, it's going to take some things, some disciplines in your life to be able to trust him, to be able to, to kind of press in and go a little bit deeper. Okay, but you can do it. All right. But here's the thing about this word um, ago. There's three important developmental stages. Are you ready for them? The first is an evolving closeness and cooperation. So as you learn to trust the Holy Spirit more, it's going to be so much easier for you to recognize and yield to his tug. So all of a sudden now, you're, you're, you're kind of pressing in, you're getting closer, you're actually, you know, um, getting in the word and spending time, and all of a sudden now the Holy Spirit is starting to kind of tug on you. And it becomes so much easier as you begin this relationship to say, yes, I'll go that way. Yes, I'll do what you want me to do. It becomes just so much easier because you know what? Your trust is growing. Your trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit is growing. And so then you begin to anticipate kind of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So it's this evolving closeness, right? I didn't say, oh man, boom, you got it. You, you're dialed in, it's good. No, it, you've got to work on it. You've got to spend some time working through the process of it. The second part is of the development of stage, and one that we're really aware of, which we've kind of talked about, is the eternal conflict. Is this eternal conflict that goes on. Now, the, you can look at all the things, but this word ago is where we get the word agony from. Our English word. Agony is not fun, is it? Agony is like, ah, uh, right? But it, it so it's, it's from the root word agon. And agon um, describes this in intense conflict. How many have ever felt like you were in an intense conflict sometimes? With, you, you, know what, you know the Lord saying something, right? You know the Holy Spirit speaking, but man, you're just like, ah, oh, I don't know. 
I, I, I remember when, when um, so we, I, I, I was born and raised in California. I remember when the Lord had begun to speak to me about going out to North Carolina to a church out there. And man, there was a, this intense agony going on. You would think, oh, well, yeah, but you're a pastor. It should be just so easy. But no, I had family. I, I mean, he's asking me to leave like everything I knew. And man, this is intense, like this rub and this struggle was going on. But I'm so glad that I listened to him. But I'm not going to say it was just, oh yeah, no problem. Let's go do it, right? And you got friends that are telling you, you're crazy. What are you doing that for? That's totally dumb. I can't believe you would do that. Yeah, but I, that's what God's saying. Oh, that, that's not God. It's like, what? Right? But see, there's this intense thing that goes on inside of us. It's like this wrestling match. Okay? Or a, 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 just the struggle of the human will. I, have you ever encountered that? I, I, if I'm the only one, then man, praise God. But, but see, he starts talking. He starts revealing. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, it's a rub. Right? That we just don't like because you know what? Our, our human nature does not like to be told what to do. We don't like to, to have our, 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 to be led sometimes because our human nature is like, no, you, no, man, do, don't do that. Be this. You, you got to go after that because it, it really does. We, we feel that when we are led by our own selves, we have more comfort and more peace. That's what we feel. We think, well, man, if I'm just leading myself and I'm going to go do this and do that or whatever, then I have more comfort and peace about it. But see, that's not it. I guarantee you, if you follow what the Holy Spirit is saying to you in your life, you will have more comfort and more peace than you've ever had. Will it be bumpy at times? Oh, yes. I'm not going to say it's going to be rainbows and lollipops. There's going to be bumps in the road, but I'm telling you, you will walk through every one of those bumps and you'll feel so safe and so secure because you know that you're following what the Lord wants you to do. You know that the Lord is saying this, and man, I'm doing it. And I'm going after it. And yeah, I've hit this little bump in the road. But man, I'm so secure because I know that I'm following his direction. I'm not going to say moving out to North Carolina and all the stuff that went on with that and all these little bumps in the roads that we've hit along the way wouldn't, wouldn't have created doubt. But see, every single time we knew we heard from the Lord. We knew the Holy Spirit was leading us to be able to do that. And so we've got to understand, man, our own will will try to fight against God's will. Right? Because God's will is constantly trying to move us towards what he wants us to fulfill. He wants us to, to be a part of the kingdom. He has purpose for our life. And every single time we start to step out of it, man, you, you just don't think it's going to, again, be this smooth. Because the enemy will come. And he'll speak. Are you sure that's what you heard? Are you sure God really wanted you to do that? But see, we have to get to the point where we have our relationship is developing and growing to the point where, man, we are so concrete in our assurance that we're just like, yeah, I, I, I'm absolutely sure. And then we, then we can keep, keep on walking. And then the next, the next stage is a continual process, okay? Now, because a go is in this, in this present participle thing, okay, it just means that, you know what? This is a step-by-step -step journey. The Holy Spirit doesn't, isn't anticipating that you have it all down. Like, you've got it locked in. I'm good. See, what the enemy does is he brings, you know, this, this shame on us. 
and says, see, you, you, you messed up again on your journey. But see, the Holy Spirit's like, no, 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 no. This is a step-by-step journey. Sometimes you're going to miss it. But I'm okay with that if you come back to me. You come back to Jesus. And, and if it's sin, then you know what? Repent of your sin. Come back to me and then begin to follow me again. Begin to follow my leadings. Begin to follow me where I, where I want to take you. But see, God gets it. We're human. But we're on this journey that he's taking us through. It's a step at one step at a time. But see, here's the cool thing. It never stops. You, you, you won't arrive. I'm just going to tell you, you won't arrive until you get to heaven. Okay? And so what we have to do is just understand that, you know what? I, I am going to keep walking step by step in this journey. And if I, if I falter, then I'm going to get right back on it and keep on going. Right? See, sometimes we got to approach our faith like kids. And, and I, I love just the example of, of even trying to teach your kid how to ride a bike. Right? Because the kid wants to ride a bike so bad. Man, I'm going to do it with two, two wheels. I'm not going to do the sissy training wheels anymore. I'm going to go for it. Right? But the kid gets on the bike, and does he get it right away? No. Falls. Right? Get on again. Falls. You know, and it's like, oh, dad, I can't ride the bike. Right? And you're like, no, no, son, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And finally, at some point, they start riding on the two wheels. See, that's how I think sometimes God probably looks at me. But sometimes God looks at it and says, you know what? So you fell. Get back up on the bike and get going. Right? In our relationship with him. It's, it's not as complicated as the enemy wants us to think it is. It, it just really isn't. It's not that complicated. All right? So it's this nonstop journey to maturity. Because all said, right, we are being led. Then he says, if you are being led, then you are a son or a daughter of God. Okay? Now, son is this Greek word which refers to a person that's in a developmental stage of their life. Now, I'm not talking baby. I'm talking about like a middle schooler. All, everybody, anybody have any middle schoolers in here? Right? You know, that middle school age where they're just trying to figure things out and they're trying to, ah, duh, well, you know, and even trying to push the limit a little. And you're like, hey, come on, man. No, no, no. Right? But I think in, in that sense, that's what it's trying to talk about. It's in this developmental stage where, man, we're, we're trying to walk through and grow in this process of our learning and all that God is wanting to do in our life. But he understands that we are, we are growing and maturing. Right? We are growing to mature. In, in knowledge, in discipline, in the character, right? And when we do that, and, and when we grow in those areas, then we can begin to access the privileges and the rights that rightfully fit that age, right? Because you're not going to hand the keys to your car to a 14-year-old and say, yeah, go, ahead, go ahead, have at it. You're just not. But see, they have to mature to the point where they, they get to driving age. There are certain things in, in our walk with Jesus. We've got to mature to get to where Jesus wants us to go. But see, sometimes we're the ones that's hindering it. We stay in the 14-year-old mentality in our walk with Jesus. Well, I, just however the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. But, but think about that. Sometimes we're the one that stunts our growth. 
But see, he wants to hand us the keys. We're just using the car example. But he wants to hand us the keys. But man, we're still miles away when we should have been, boom, right there. But see, we, we've got to understand that we've got to grow in this process. See, so Romans 8.14 is telling us that those who are growing in the Lord are doing so because they're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead them despite the agony, despite the rub of our flesh, right? Despite the fact that we're not in charge. Man, have we ever thought about that? Am I, am I, man, how, how in charge are you of your life? Now, of course, you've got things you've got to do and all those things. But really, how in charge are you when it comes to spiritual things? Because he wants, wants deeper spiritual things for you, but sometimes we take charge and we say, no, I ain't going there, right? I mean, you can, I mean, you can think about it. You could be a Christian for 10 years, but not be led by the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. You can be a Christian for like 10 years but not be led, right? And you might think, well, man, I go to church every Sunday, so I meet the qualifications. But that's not what Paul said, did he? Paul didn't say, as many as go to church, these are the sons of God. He didn't say that, did he? He said, those who are being led by the Holy Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. Man, when you, when you look at it from that perspective... It's like, wow. I, I mean, I'm just talking for myself, man. I, I feel like, man, that, that, that hits me. That hits me deep. Because sometimes I feel like I'm doing okay, but I know there are things that the Holy Spirit sometimes is trying to lead me and I'm being stubborn. Right? Or it's just like, ah. So the sons and daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.15 says this. Okay, because we've got to develop this whole thing. But we got to remember, it's a step-by-step process. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, okay, or a bondage, to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons or daughters, by whom, right, by whose authority is speaking and leading, we cry, Abba, Father. Now, that, that term, Abba, Father, is more of an intimate connection. So not only are we born again into God's family, we are also adopted into God's family. And that, that, that adoption process, we know is legally binding, right? We know that to be true. And, you know, Paul's coming at it from, from the Roman angle um, of the time he, he, he was alive. But man, that was some serious stuff. Did you know that even in the adoption process in the Rome, in, in, the, um, in, in that time, you could have a son or daughter, or you could have a son, and... When you die, you're supposed to leave your inheritance to your son. But you could look at it and say, you know what? My son's not good enough. He, he's unworthy. So you could go and adopt somebody into your family legally. And now that person has more legal rights to everything you have than your son. That's crazy when you think about it. But, but, but man, I think it's so, like, so cool because then I, I approach it as the fact that, you know what? I've been adopted into the family of God. 
right? Not only am I born again, but I am adopted. Therefore, that means I must have rights that, man, I don't even know about. I must have things that are my, a part of my inheritance that maybe, man, I can look at in God's word and say, man, that's part of my inheritance because I've been adopted into it, right? And we know like the adoption, the whole adoption thing, right? Completely changes a kid's life when a kid gets adopted. Completely. The adopted child lost all rights of their old family, right? So then nothing of their past counts. But then now they have gained all of these adopted rights or all of these inheritances, all of these things from the new family. And look, think about it for us. Man, if I lived in my old sinful ways, I would still be in my old sinful ways. I would still be just living this life that, that's really just going nowhere. But now that I've been adopted because of what Christ has done and by my repentance and my confession, I have now been adopted and I have every right, every inheritance right, whatever this family, the family of God that I've walked into, now I, I'm, I, I have the rights to. It, it completely changed my life. And I hope it changed yours. But that's, that, that's this adoption thing. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. Okay, so he's whispering to our innermost being that we are children of God. So he's endorsing, endorsing. So once you give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and he's telling you, hey, you're a child of God now. You're a child of God. Don't you forget that. Don't you forget it. Because who wants to come and tell you you're not? The enemy? You're not a child. All you said was a prayer. <laughs> how, how can you say that you're a child of God now? You just said a prayer. You didn't even really mean it. Right? Those are just the accusations that he makes. But it's like, no, 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 no. I, 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 I believe it because you know what? When I gave my heart to Jesus, all of a sudden something changed and it began in the inside of me that began to say, no, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And we got to get it to his words concrete. Right? You can't, or you're, it's immovable off of you. So it says that we are the children of God in verse 17. And if children then heir, heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. All right? So to suffer with him means to experience eternal pressure mentally, emotionally, and sometimes physically. And it's kind of what we touched on earlier. It's about the Holy Spirit speaking to you. All right? And asking you to have a submissive heart. Asking you to die to yourself, to die to your flesh, to die to your appetites. Sometimes that's suffering. Because our flesh wants what our flesh wants. It wants to do what it wants to do. Even in the most practical things of God's word. Like really basic stuff. You ever find that your flesh fights it? Right? Your flesh is kind of, oh, come on, really? I got to do that? You want me to do that? I, man, you know? It just, sometimes it's hard. But see, we have to get to this point where we're, we're believing that, you know what? God's word is absolutely 100% true. And that we're believing that as we press into the Holy Spirit, we're gaining trust. We're gaining trust that we trust him enough that he will lead us to where we need to go because he's aware of what's best for us.
even if it involves suffering, even if it involves something that like really rubs us the wrong way, right? It might be, hey, you know what? I want you to clean up your path, the way you're walking right now, the things that you're doing right now. I want you to clean that up. Oh, wait, 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 God, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. So, but the thing is, is this. I'm tied to this and this and this and this and this. If I do that, then you know I'm going to miss this and this and this and this. And then people are going to be this and this and this and this. And it's going to, oh, it's just going to cause a lot of angst and a lot of hurt and all kinds of things inside of me. When he says, yeah, I know, but I know what's best for you. Do you trust me? Because I really do know what's best. And I really want to get you to the point of where you need to be. See that? That's that suffering, struggle sometimes. That goes on. But see, God wants to be faithful to fulfill his word in your life. But see, we've got to, we've got to discipline ourselves and put ourselves in that position. And let me give you the second point. This is a long point right here. I didn't make these points up, by the way. Um, anyways, um, it says, what pathway does the Holy Spirit use to lead us into receiving God's promise? Okay, that's a really long thing. But let, let's talk a, a little bit about that, okay? Because in John 16, 13... Jesus was telling his disciples, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So we're looking at a pathway. The pathway will always have the sign that says truth on it. If you're relying on the Holy Spirit, it will always have the truth on it. It will never deviate. It will never flip on you. It will never change. But that pathway will always be truth. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit only speaks what he hears the Father say. But it will always have truth. Right? And then you look one chapter um, after that. In John 17, it says, thank, thank Jesus is praying and he says, he's praying for his followers. So that would be us. Two. It says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So if we would take those two together, the Holy Spirit's first step is to lead every individual to the general promises in God's word. Okay? He'll lead you to the general promises in God's word. Now remember, again, last week, we talked about what are the general promises? Those are the ones that are written in God's word, right? You can see the supporting scriptures in the book. And then we talked about specific promises, that they are the expanded general promises. It's where God, like, you know, inserts the if and then. If you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. Right? And so he might say, hey, I'm going to expand the general promise that I'm with you to a specific promise if you seek me. Oh, so you're saying that if I seek you, you're, you're giving me insight here. If I seek you, then I'm going to find you. Yeah. That's what he's saying. But see, a lot of times we just go, well, I know God's with me. Yet we don't have a tendency to seek him. Right? If you go play a hide and go seek, and you're the person trying to find the others, you don't just sit there and walk around and it's kind of like, right? No, you go out and you're trying to seek them to find them so you can tag them and you don't have to be the person anymore. Well, see, we got to get to the point where, man, we're seeking God that way. We're, we're, we're pursuing him in such a way that, you know what, it's, it, man, that's our heart. That's our intention. But see, when, we start, when the Holy Spirit starts giving us these specific promises of what to do, 
then you got to know that, man, that he's going to give us that so that we can receive it. So that we can receive the promise. And in Psalms 103, we have this, this, this. It says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Right? So he's telling his soul what to do. Okay? And forget not. Okay? And I'm going to say this. Intentionally activate my memory of all his benefits. Well, what are all his benefits? Right? So we got to know what his benefits are in order to activate it. And benefits means to deal bountifully when making good on previous promises. And verses 3 through 5 gives us some of these promises, right? Forgiveness, healing, redemption, mercy, loving kindness and favor, right? He'll rejuvenate our strength. We'll find fulfillment. And, 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 and what's great about it is it's not a one and done deal. It's It's constant. You need healing, I'm there, right? You need forgiveness, I'm there. You need strength, rejuvenating strength, I'm there. It's, it keeps on going. It keeps flowing. This, this is what Psalm 68, 19 says. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Selah! That's supposed to be like, yeah, yeah. But see, do you see what it says? Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. It's not one day he loaded us with benefits and that's it. No, it's daily. He daily loads us with benefits. And see, we've got to be zealous about pursuing those, those benefits. If, if we, we had benefits from our employee, our insurance group, we would be pursuing those benefits, wouldn't we? But see, what happens is we get lackadaisical and we don't pursue the benefits of God. In the same zealousness. We think, well, yeah, okay. But man, no, if man, it, it had to do with something that was in the natural, you bet your bottom dollar, whatever that meant, you bet your bottom dollar, you'd be like right there. You'd be like, hey, no, you said, no, this is part of my, my, my benefit. Well, it's the same principle with God's word. God puts this out there and then we have to be concrete enough to say, man, that's my benefit and I'm going to zealously pursue that benefit. Because God said it. Okay, so we have to do that. But see, we can't marginalize the benefits of God. It's there, but I'm not really going to use it. I don't really care. Okay? Now, again, I'm going to skip down to verse uh, 6 instead of reading the promises because we just kind of read them. But it says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Okay, so that, that just means, you know, that when the enemy comes, the enemy comes to defraud, right? He comes to defraud and ex, ex, um, exploit, um, I can't even say the word now, but he just comes to defraud by the effects of this sin's curse. But see, we have such a good God that, you know what, he comes and says no, right? He says no, that, that won't happen if us as believers activate our faith. Activate our obedience and let the Holy Spirit work in our life the way He's supposed to. But see, we can't become Christians that, you know, like really just when our, our natural, um, um, uh, sorry, I lost the word, um, when our natural um, uh, rights are violated. 
Like when our natural rights are violated, we usually stand up for them, don't we? Okay? But what happens a lot of times as Christians, when our, our rights are violated by the enemy, we don't stand up for them. We just kind of like passively let it happen, passively let it go by. Psalms 103.7 says, He made known his ways, okay, or his road, his path, to Moses, his acts, to the people of Israel. So in other words, while Israel acknowledged what God did, Moses understood why he, God did it. Because he had relationship. He totally had relationship, so he understood why God did what he did. And then he knew, Moses knew, that God would be faithful to do it again and again and again. So whatever those promises are, God is faithful to do that. But see, we can't, we can't shallow out our approach when it comes to, to God's word because it just messes us up. It gets us to the point where, you know, we don't believe God anymore. Well, God said it, but yeah, it doesn't really happen. And so we have to understand that the Holy Spirit's job is to lead you and I into all truth. Remember, the sign never changes. And he'll lead every one of us to understand the promises of God or those, those general promises written in God's word. And so let me end it with this. Because I don't know if anybody in here might be thinking this. Well, then how does he do that? Well, how does he speak to us? Well, let me just give you some uh, quick examples. There might be an internal whisper, okay? An internal whisper. Uh, if you go back to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 12, that's when Elijah was up on the mountain and all of this stuff happened and everything was going on. And it says, and after the fire, a still small voice, a delicate whispering voice. So as you're pressing in and spending time and getting God's word in your heart and the Holy Spirit starting to begin to speak, it might be a small, still voice. Okay? Because a lot of times we want the big, loud voice. Right? We want the, the, the God to send us mail that says, do this, do that. Well, sometimes you've got to be sensitive and just relax and wait and listen for this still, small voice. Uh, the next one is clear directive. So he'll say, do this or do that. You'll get an inkling inside of you. Right? Remember, every single time, it leads you in the path of righteousness. It leads you in the path of truth. So you might get this inkling, this kind of thing inside and say, man, you know what? I just feel like, man, this is something that we need to go in, a direction we need to go in. And, and guess what? Here's the deal. If you are being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and doing the best you can and you make a mistake, just know that he's big enough to correct it. Okay? He's big enough to correct it. But see, we just got to get ourselves in the position of being sensitive. And sometimes we get too scared. Oh, what if I blow it? God's big enough to correct it, to put you where you need to be. Okay? That, that, a scripture with that is Isaiah 30, 21. It says, this is what God's saying. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. Right? So he said, hey, I'm going to help lead you, but you got to be sensitive. you got to be open. Another way is unction or prompting. An unction or a prompting. Man, there's just something that's not sitting right in my spirit. Or there's something that, man, is just jumping inside of me when, 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 when I'm reading the scripture or, I'm, or, or I'm, I'm facing the situation. I just feel like, man, this is what God wants me to do. 
Scripture for that is uh, 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Holy Spirit hears what the Father says. Holy Spirit speaks what the Father says. So he wants to make sure that you, you get to the right place at the right time. But see, when you get one of those unctions or those promptings, don't deny it. Don't ignore it. Don't walk away from it. Say, okay, I might suffer a little bit. This might be hard and might rub my soul the wrong way. It might rub even my, my husband or my wife the wrong way. It might even feel this way or whatever. But you know what? As long as I know that I am staying true to what the Holy Spirit's leading me, it's all going to work out. But don't, don't discount those. And then a confirmation or a witness. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Again, it's an endorsing, endorsing our inward conviction. I'm just going to throw this one scripture in Romans 9.1. This is Paul talking. My conscience testifies with me. Or it says, enlightened and prompted by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to be with you. 24-7. Holy Spirit's job is wants you to, to grow in this relationship with Jesus. He wants you to grow in your relationship and being concrete in God's faithfulness, in God's word. That the, the covenant that God has made with us through his word, through Christ, is so real and so true that we, because we are adopted into the family, can withdraw from that inheritance whenever we need it, whatever that situation is, whatever is going on. And it might be just, you just need peace. Well, there is scripture in the word of God that talks about peace. How do you get peace? Well, let's find out what God says about peace. How, how, how do I get, you know, a, a release from um, fear or anxiety or man, may, maybe, maybe I need healing or maybe I need these areas of my life. I, financially, I need something. Well, everything that God, everything we encounter is in God's word. You just got to go find it and you got to go look for it. And so I just want to encourage you today, man, be a son and daughter, right? Who was led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never lead you down a wrong pathway. He will always lead you down the pathway of truth every single time. But see, the thing is, is you actually got to get in your Bible to help man give him some stuff to work with to lead you down that pathway correctly. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.